online. Welcome to Catholic View on this, the first edition for the year 2018. Happy New Year and thank you so much for joining me this evening. I'm Sheila Pirge and coming up in today's broadcast of Catholic View, we'll be taking a look at Catholic education with a special focus on the class of 2017. But first, as usual on this program, we begin with just some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church today. So do stay tuned. Hi, I'm Archbishop Peter Wells, Apostolic Nuncio. Thank you for listening to Radio Veritas, the good news for a change. And in your headlines this Tuesday evening, Pope Francis tells diplomatic calls to uphold human rights and defend families. Pope Francis is to go on an apostolic trip to Chile and Peru next week. And Sacred Heart College Class of 2017 achieves 100% rate in 25 years. Good evening once again. I'm Sheila Pirish. Pope Francis addressed members of the diplomatic corps accredited to the Holy See yesterday, calling for the defense of life and support for families and migrants. Pope Francis devoted his address to the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which was adopted 70 years ago. Nosipo Khadebe filed this report. Pope Francis told the dignitaries that from a Christian perspective, there was a significant relationship between the gospel message and the recognition of human rights in the spirit of those who drafted the document. Lydia O'Kane reports for Vatican News. Quoting from St. John the 23rd's 1963 encyclical Pacem in Terris, essentially the Church's own declaration on human rights, the Holy Father noted that relations between nations, like all human relationships, must likewise be harmonized in accordance with the dictates of truth willing cooperation and freedom. The Pope commented that, at a distance of 70 years, it was painful to see how many fundamental rights continued to be violated today. Most notably, he said, were the innocent children discarded even before they are born, the elderly who are often cast aside, women who repeatedly suffer from violence and oppression even within their own families, and the victims of human trafficking. The Holy Father said he considered it urgent that genuine policies be adopted to support the family on which the future and development of states depend. On migration, he emphasized that the ability to leave one's own country and to return there was a fundamental human right. Lydia O'Kane tells us more. He also thanked countries such as Italy, who he said had shown an open and generous heart and offered positive examples of integration. Finally, the Holy Father recalled the importance of the right to employment, underlining that there could be no peace or development if individuals are not given the chance to contribute personally by their own labour to the growth of the common good. A cause for particular concern, he said, was the increase of child labourers. Concluding his address, Pope Francis urged those in public life to cultivate a spirit of service to humanity and intergenerational solidarity in order to be a sign of hope for a troubled world. Pope Francis also called on all nations to support dialogue, to ease tensions on the Korean peninsula and to work for a legally binding ban on nuclear weapons. 
He also repeated his call for a two-state solution between Israelis and Palestinians. Staying with Pope Francis, his first international trip for the year will take place from January 15th to the 18th. Nasipo Khadebe has more details. Pope Francis's first international trip of the new year will take place from January the 15th to the 18th. The Holy Father will visit Chile till the 18th on the first stage of his itinerary before going on to Peru until the 22nd. The executive director of Pope Francis's visit, Javier Peralta, said in an interview that Pope Francis had requested that useless expenses be avoided and that recycled materials and goods be used to reduce the costs of the trip. The cost of the visit will be shared between the Catholic Church and the Chilean state, which will be in charge of the financial burdens of the Holy Father's safety and the pontiff's meetings with authorities. The Vatican has said that one of the highlights of Pope Francis's upcoming apostolic visit to Peru will be a meeting with indigenous peoples of the Amazon rainforest in the city of Maldonado. And in other news, around 180 Nigerian nationals detained in Libya were flown home yesterday, the second such flight of the year organized by the UN Migration Agency, IOM. Matt Wells reports. The so-called Voluntary Humanitarian Return Program already organized a January the 1st flight, which helped 142 returnees leave Libya for Gambia. During last year, nearly 20,000 stranded third-country nationals were given assistance to leave the area around the Libyan capital, Tripoli. IOM's displacement tracking matrix has identified more than 432,000 migrants in Libya, and the overall figures estimated to be between 700,000 and 1 million. Shocking reports about rampant migrant abuse and squalid conditions in multiple detention centres last year led to a major reassessment of the measures being taken to tackle people smuggling along the central Mediterranean migration route through Libya. The Security Council has congratulated the Liberian people for the peaceful conduct of last month's presidential runoff election. Matt Wells has this report. In a press statement, council members also expressed their appreciation for the work of the UN mission in Liberia, UNMIL, which helped ensure the integrity of the electoral process. George Weir, a former international footballer, emerged victorious in the 29th of December vote, beating former Vice President Joseph Bukai, who conceded defeat. The council noted the importance of the upcoming political transition and also commended the work of Liberia's National Elections Commission, former President Ellen Johnson Sirleaf and the government overall. It marks the first peaceful transfer of power between democratically elected leaders in Liberia in 70 years. And finally, Sacred Heart College class of 2017 achieves 100% pass rate in 25 years. Nosipo Khadebe has more. The class of 2017 at the Catholic Sacred Heart College in Observatory Johannesburg has announced the achievement of a 100% pass rate with a 98.2% university exemption. This is the highest in 25 years and 10% above the national IEB average. The matric class has also achieved 89 distinctions, one for every five subjects written. In addition, the learners received a mark above 60 and 75% of their subjects. And that was a brief look at some of the stories that made headlines this Tuesday.
You're still listening to Catholic View right here on Radio Veritas 576 AM, otherwise on 870-DSTV-Audio and I'm Sheila Pierce. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Coming up next, we'll be talking about Catholic education. Welcome back to our feature program. Today we take a look at Catholic education and we look closely as well at the class of 2017. So to find out more about the metric results from Catholic schools around the country, I spoke to Kelsey Correa, who is the communications manager at the CIE, that is the Catholic Institute of Education. Kelsey, it's great to be talking to you after such a long time. Happy New Year to you. Thank you, Taylor, and to you. Kelsey, before we begin talking about the results and how the Catholic schools did last year, just take us through quickly as, as to what is it that you do at the CIE. Okay, so Taylor, um, I'm the communications manager at the CIE, so I'm responsible for talking to you on the radio and uh, making sure that our website is up to date and, and, and uh, providing information to parents and donors, um, and we also produce a magazine three times a year for teachers in Catholic schools, and that's my job to put that together for schools. At CIE, as the organization, we were established by the Bishops' Conference um, over 30 years ago now to inform the Bishops' Conference on education in the country, but since then our scope and role has grown quite extensively and we offer a, a lot of um, leadership support, monitoring and support for Catholic schools around the country. CIE specifically works in uh, the northwest, Limpopo and Pomalanga, Northern Cape um, and, and rural parts of the Eastern Cape. So we serve the most marginalized Catholic schools around the country and then we have um, other partners, our Catholic schools officers who support the schools in the more urban areas um, in Western Cape and Gauteng and then also in the KZN province of the Catholic Schools Office. So CIE supports about 190 Catholic schools in South Africa um, and one of our key areas is to support schools to make sure that the quality of education that they're offering to their learners is, is of a high standard. Um, and Thankfully, we've seen that proved through the metric results again this year. And speaking of the metric results, how were they in terms of Catholic schools in South Africa? Well, Catholic schools have done us proud once again. Um, the results on average year on year are above the, the national, uh, national results, national pass rates. So whereas this year the national pass rate was 74.6% for public schools, the Catholic public schools achieved an 84.1%. So that's nearly 10% better than the average for public schools in the country. And then in the IEB exams, um, the national average was 98.8%, and Catholic schools that wrote the IEB exams achieved 99% pass rate. Um, the, the results in the IEB are exceptional um, on a national basis and, they, and the Catholic schools are no exception to that. Um, and obviously there are, there are more learners in the state system than there are in the, in the independent school system. Um, we had in Catholic schools this year, Catholic public schools, we had 
um, over 6,400 learners writing and only 1,400 learners writing in the IEB exams. Um, but overall, that gives us 7,000, nearly 7,900 learners writing <coughs> who wrote the matric exams in 2017. Um, and, and a good, yeah, two-thirds of those who passed. So, and did exceptionally well. The Catholic schools in total, in both schooling systems, the independent system and the public system, achieved over 5,000 distinctions, which is an exceptional achievement. Um, and of those, 456 were in mathematics. So we've seen, uh, we've seen the Catholic schools doing exceptionally well this year. Uh, some, in some areas, there are some really lovely stories of learners who have done very well. In the Eastern Cape, there was a learner from St. James Secondary School in Kofenbaba um, who, who did well uh, in mathematics and he's going to study actuarial science at university this year. And those are, the real, those are the real success stories. It's one thing we know and expect our independent schools who are writing the IED exams to do well and to perform well and we expect our learners in schools and environments like that to be performing well. But it's learners who come from small rural towns uh, who, against all the odds of an education system that is not serving them um, and has, is, has all sorts of innate challenges and problems, and yet learners who come out of that with an excellent matric and are then able to access university, those are where the real success stories lie um, and where the real celebration of these matric and, and matric results indicates that it's really up to the individual learner to make a success of the system because the system is failing, the system unfortunately is failing many learners, but that there are plenty of learners who are um, in marginalized communities who are still making, making the best of it and making um, a success of it for themselves. It's quite interesting that you're saying that because I think we've heard these type of stories every single year that it's always the students that come from poor areas, marginalized areas who do extremely well uh, mm -hmm. compared to students who have everything at their fingertips, you know. So it's quite interesting that you've mentioned that. I'm sure we're still going to hear a lot more of similar stories coming out as, uh, as this excitement keeps rolling out of the results of students who have done quite well in the whole country, not just in Catholic schools but also in other uh, government schools. But now, speaking of that I picked up something that you mentioned you said public Catholic schools now if I'm a parent and I'm searching I'm still searching for a school which shouldn't be the case but you do have parents that are probably still trying to think where to send their children to what would be your advice and what is the difference between a public Catholic school and a Catholic school um, so there, there are two parallel education systems in South Africa. We have the, the public system and the independent system. Um, and unfortunately, the, the quality of education in the two systems is quite stark. It's very different. The public, the independent system is, seems to be offering a higher level of, of education because there are fewer independent schools, um, because the funding model is different. The independent schools are funded by school fees. Parents are paying for uh, for independent schools 
to operate and to run. Um, independent schools are able to make decisions for themselves, by themselves, about their constituency. Um, obviously, with the the, SD, the Board of Governors, um, with their, their role. Um, and then with Strong, often these schools are able to offer good salaries and employ good teachers um, and have strong management teams. And they're able to... Um, uh, and we see that in the in the results. However, having said that, there are there are very there are many very good public schools in this country, and particularly public Catholic schools. And we see that reflected in the metric results that the, the the Catholic public schools are performing better than the national averages and the provincial averages. In every province, we see that the Catholic schools are outperforming the the provincial average in the metric results year on year, every year. Um, so the Catholic schools come from a tradition of, of excellence, academic excellence, um, and whether that's independent or public schools. Many of the public schools were initially started by bishops or congregations. Um, they were established on church-owned land, and over a period of time, due to changing political circumstances, they became public schools and the state took over the responsibility for the education in those schools. And as you would have seen in the newspapers, just reading, and it's a conversation that carries on year-round, the education system in our public sector is not particularly strong and much is needed to improve that. But because Catholic schools have the support of uh, ourselves, the CIE and local Catholic schools officers, also the support of their owners, uh, congregations and bishops, all that support helps Catholic schools to be better at what, they're, at what they do than some of their other public schools in, the, in areas that are close to them. Obviously, there are many public schools that perform well and outperform other certain Catholic schools as well. Um, but certainly what we can see in the matric results, which is only one indicator of education, uh, is that is that the, the Catholic schools are performing well. Um, and that's something that we need to remember, too, is that the metric results are only one indicator of, a, of the education system and how well it's performing. Um, there, are, there are other tests that are done, um, assessments that are done in the school sector that helps to analyze the performance of our education system. We saw at the end of last year that the pearls uh, the PILS test was done uh, in our Catholic schools and around the world, not just in our Catholic schools, in South African schools um, and around the world. In South Africa, the South African education system didn't perform very well in the, in the PILS test. Um, and that's unfortunately an indication of the state of our education system. But there are many people within the state system who are working very hard to make sure that what is on offer to learners um, is is of a good standard, and and a lot of those people are in our Catholic schools, and we're very grateful for that. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for your time. It was lovely chatting to you and just reminding ourselves as to why, as Catholics and as non-Catholics, of course, it's always good to look at the education, the level of education that your child can get, and it's always good to compare, make comparisons, and see where you can 
put your child in and secure a better future for your child. So thank you so much for your time. Any last words? I think just to encourage um, Catholics to consider sending their children to Catholic schools. Uh, it's an environment where their values are supported and it's always good to, if you're raising your children in a Catholic home, in a Christian home, to send them to a school that supports the same values. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have Catholic schools in every in every town and city, uh, but we there are numerous Catholic schools around the country. Parents often complain or or challenge us on the cost of Catholic education. Um, but when we when we look at the cost of Catholic education, 50% of the Catholic schools in this country are charging less than a thousand rand a year in school fees, and only 10% of Catholic schools are charging more than 50,000 rand a year. So overall, Catholic schools are actually very affordable to Catholic parents. So I think that is to bear in mind. There are certain Catholic schools that, that do charge um, expensive fees, but then they, they, are, they are well-resourced schools and they need the funds to, to, to resource their schools and to make sure that they are attracting teachers and are able to remunerate their teachers fairly. Um, so I think it's just to remember that when, when parents are looking to select a Catholic school for their children. Great stuff and a happy new year once again. Looking forward to hearing more about the CIE throughout 2018. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks, Sheila. Keep well. You too, eh? Go well. Bye-bye. Bye. And my thanks goes there once again to Kelsey Correa, the Communications Manager at the Catholic Institute of Education. Well then, that brings me up to time. This has been your first edition of Catholic View for the year 2018, a program produced and presented by Shayla Pirsch for Radio Veritas. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back again tomorrow at the same time. Until then, God bless you and ciao, ciao. I'm Shayla Pirsch. Radio.